Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene Mini episode. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. This episode is brought to you by AMC Plus. With a name like AMC Plus, you'd expect the plus to mean more, right? Actually, it means better. AMC Plus is a premium streaming bundle for content from AMC Network brands, including Shudder, Sundance Now, IFC, BBC America, Sundance TV, IFC Films Unlimited. That means you can spend more quality time with content you love. You know, only the good stuff. We'll be back later in the episode to tell you about some of the amazing series you can binge on AMC Plus, where they're giving you only the good stuff. This week, we are going to be talking about Christmas slash holiday episodes of television. Now, much like the Christmas movie episode, that we yeah. did a couple weeks ago. I have just personally selected my favorites. It's not the world's favorites. These are not the world's <laughs> favorites. These are not the what is considered to be the greatest episodes of Christmas right. television of all time. It's what you like. This is these are the best ones according to me. Okay. That's allowed. And I was telling Desi that I had this realization when I was on the podcast Pod Yourself a Gun, which is a Sopranos podcast. I was talking to the boys about how I generally I gen, generally don't like the Christmas episode of a TV show. Uh-huh. And I realized the reason I didn't like that is because there's always some bullshit magical realism that happens at the end of the episode. <laughs> and it's always like some old guy with white hair comes into the store and then the kids go, was that Santa? Right. After denying it the whole episode, they get their little like... Maybe it is real. Like, yeah. Moments. And like, then you hear in the background, like, ho, 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 ho. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I'm trying to think of offhand of a Christmas episode I like, but I don't, I can't really think of one. Well, let's just start with that Sopranos episode. Okay. Yeah. So good. I reviewed with um, Matt and Vince on that episode, the season three, To Save Us All from Satan's Power. From the Sopranos. And that is a Christmas episode. Do you remember this one at all? I'm sure when you start talking about it, I will. It's right after they have to kill Big Pussy. Oh. Oh, season three. It's around that time. So Tony is like having visions of Big Puss. Right. I remember this episode. There's the big Billy Mouth bass. Yes, 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 yes. That's like the joke at the end of the episode. Right. That he gets that for Christmas. From Meadow. I remember this And she's episode. like, I thought it was funny. <laughs> and he's like deeply traumatized by that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of, of for a Christmas episode of television, they did a good job. Yes. Although in, in general, some of Tony's dream fantasy episodes are not my favorite episodes. Oh, Like same. that's a pet peeve of mine. Like that kind of dream episode or I'm on a trip, I'm tripping out episodes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes I can't get into them because they're not really happening. Well, that brings me that brings me to my other criticism about Christmas episodes of television. I don't like when it doesn't move the story along in the show. They usually have a standalone quality to them. Yes. Uh, which probably works better in sitcoms than dramas, but in dramas I'm like that was a waste. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um 
So, yeah, I would say that for a Christmas episode, The Sopranos, of course, they're probably going to do a good job just because it's such a phenomenal show. Even their less good episodes are still fine. (laughs) Yeah. And in this episode of The Sopranos, we get uh, to see Janice's weird, creepy Christian boyfriend. Ooh. The narcoleptic. Yes. Yeah. So that's always fun to see him. Right. And I like the big pussy storyline. I do too. Is this when they go back and we see how they like first were together? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like seeing the backstories. Backstories are good. I like a flashback. Yeah. Me too. I am into a flashback. Okay. My next episode of Christmas television is from Black Mirror. Oh. And that is the episode White Christmas, which stars John Hamm. Oh. This is an extra long episode of Black Mirror. I believe it's like an hour and a half or something. Uh, It's a very creepy and depressing episode of television. Depressing Black Mirror? As Black Mirror (laughs) is wont to do. Uh, It is one of my favorite shows on television. I really enjoy that series. What's the episode about? It's basically... It starts with John Hamm and this guy, and they're in this snowy cabin in the middle of nowhere. And John Hamm's like, you haven't talked to me in five years. Like, that's how it started. That's how the episode starts. So then you got to figure out why this guy hasn't talked to or said one word to John Hamm's character in five years. And John Hamm's like, okay, well, I'm going to basically talk at you. And he tells this story to him. And then the guy tells a story to him. And he's like, I'm Santa. <laughs> no, no. The opposite of that. It's very depressing at the okay, end, okay. but in a good way. Okay. So if you haven't seen the White Christmas episode of Black Mirror, I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a good one. My next on the list is from a show that did not hold up at all, and it's from Rugrats. Oh. Well, maybe this show did I mean, look. This show didn't hold up for you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was like, wow. Well, I, I loved this when I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking as I was re-watching this show. I was like, wow, I haven't seen this since I was like eight years old. But when I was eight, I thought this was really fucking funny. Wow. And like good. Yeah. Now, for a children's show, Rugrats is great. Yeah. It's music by Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo mm-hmm. fame. There's a lot of great weird characters in it, including weird great adult characters in yeah. it. Like there are moments from Rugrats that I'm like, that has stuck with me. I didn't know cartoons even had Christmas episodes. Well, this one had a Hanukkah episode. Ooh. They had some Christmas episodes too, but Tommy Pickles, he's Jewish. I didn't know. Yeah, his mother is Jewish. <laughs> and you know, you see, you learn this before this Hanukkah episode came out because we meet his maternal grandparents. His grandpa's name is Boris. And his, okay. both his grandparents have very thick Yiddish accents. Right. And they're Russian immigrants. Right, Boris is Russian. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like pretty obvious that Tommy's mom is Pickles. Jewish. <laughs> Well, the dad, Stu Pickles, he's not Jewish. Oh, so just the mom is Jewish. Just the mom is Jewish. Oh. The dad is like, I had forgotten this. The dad's like an inventor or he like is like a aspiring event. I don't know. Okay. He is an inventor, but he's kind of a failed inventor. So during this episode, one of the subplots is that Stu Pickles is trying to build this like super technological menorah. Oh. That like moves around and like 
lights sparks and is like oh, cool. really dramatic or something, but it like blows up the garage. Of course. You know, while he's building it. Um, but he's just trying to be like a good ally. That's what he says Aww. to his friend. He's like, I just want to like show my wife how much I support Hanukkah. For the first time since we've been married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is kind of a, I was like, whatever, this is a fine episode for what it is. This was not my favorite episode as a kid, but rewatching it as an adult, I would say the most Jewish part of this episode is not the fact that it's takes place during Hanukkah. It's the fact that one of the other subplots involves Grandpa Boris and his lifelong childhood friend from Russia arguing the whole time. Oh. To see two old Jewish guys arguing for funny. 22 minutes. Yeah. That's very Jewish. Very. I like that they had that detail. Yeah. Just in the background. Well, I looked up <laughs> the creator of Rugrats was Jewish. Okay. So I'm like, okay, so she knows. Yeah. Or the head animator. She was the creator of the animator. Look, there was a Jewish woman Someone involved. high up. <laughs> Somebody high up in the Rugrats, Rugrats echelon was very Jewish. Um, that's good. Because there's very few uh, Jewish storylines on TV. Are there, I mean, growing up and stuff. Right. Growing up, I never, ever saw it. So it was always, like, I know they did a Passover episode of Rugrats, which was like, whoa, who does a Passover episode? You never see it. You never see it on, well, at least I didn't when I was a kid. So, yeah. Had to include it in the list. Now, this next episode of TV is from one of my favorite shows of all time, Melrose Place. Ooh. And this is season two. The episode title is Under the Mistletoe. And I'm just going to give you a rundown, Desi, of <laughs> okay. what happens. Because, of course, I went back and rewatched this episode. I'm excited. I've seen it a bunch of times. Billy is sleeping with Amanda at this point okay. in the series. Remember when they were fucking? Yeah. Briefly. Because Allison was still, like, didn't his know. friend. Yes. Yeah. She was still his friend, but she had started to crush on him. And he it was a will they or won't they. And because he started dating Amanda, it kind of, like, stole her thunder. Yes. Yeah. And she was resentful of that because Al- Amanda is Allison's bitch boss yes. at, at D&D. D&D. <laughs> I don't know why I always will make me it's laugh so for funny. some reason. <laughs> it's so dumb. So in this episode, Allison's trying to reconcile with Billy because she probably like blew up at him the previous right. episode. Matt is taking care of this little girl named Nikki who is played by Mara Wilson. Oh. Who's very adorable. And... Mara Wilson's mom is a Russian woman that Matt knows from his the hospital. Oh, okay. And they get like married. They get fake married so that she can get a visa. Okay. So she can stay in the country. That's right? nice of him. They do like a K-1 visa. I just saw Mara talking about being on this episode, but I couldn't remember when she was, she didn't say which one. And I was like, where was she on in Melrose Place? So this is where she was. <laughs> I always felt so bad for Matt. On this show, he was the the gay guy. They didn't in the really group. know what to do with him. They did not know what to do with him. And while it was progressive at the time, or it seemed that way at the time, like oh, there's an out man on television who's right. just a regular guy. Like, let's give him zero storylines. Yeah, <laughs> and then they gave him nothing to do. And when he did have a romantic storyline, they couldn't even show them kissing. No, his storylines were always sort of like an afterthought. Yes. So I get what you're saying. Like, it's I, like, great, you have an open gay character, but you're not utilizing him. Hire someone gay on your staff <laughs> to write stories for Matt. Like, right. 
So Matt deserves so much better on this show. Um, Michael was in an accident. I think Ooh. this was the accident, the car accident with Kimberly. Honestly, just when I hear Michael's name, I almost faint. Me too. For those, <laughs> those of you who don't know, one of the greatest characters on TV of all time is Dr. Michael Mancini from Melrose Place. He is the biggest piece of shit ever. He's so charming, though. Yes. Like, as and an cute. actor... Yeah, but he is one of the most... There's, like, no redeemable qualities about him. He is a scumbag, yeah. but you love to watch him on this show. And he was initially married to, like, the sweetest character on the show. So when he Jane. breaks her heart by cheating with his coworker, it is, like, shocking. And she's one of those actresses whose eyes can well up with tear at the drop of a hat. Josie Bizet. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I remember about Jane. Like, her eyes would just fill with tears. Yes. Well, Jane was, like, so fragile. Yeah, she's very she fragile. Was, like, you didn't want to break her. She had a pixie haircut. <laughs> she looked like China Phillips. Yeah, she had a very China Phillips, but like you could break this girl. Even like the way she dressed was very China Phillips. Yes, because it's like 90s floral. Yeah, like with like a kinda, lace collar. Yes. And like a blouse and sleeve. <laughs> and she would always be like, Michael, these are my designs. Oh, right. She was a fashion designer. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I always forget that. She was. So Michael gets in an accident. I don't remember the details. He can't walk though, so he's uh, wheelchair bound. And Jane has to take care of him because she feels sorry for him. Wait, did they break up already? Yes. Oh, wait. wait is this season three, you said? This is season two. Oh, they broke up so fast. I know. I honestly thought it was longer into no, the show. No, they break up fast. Jane has a new boyfriend and Michael crashes his Christmas party. In which the is wheelchair? In the wheelchair. It's so <laughs> selfish. And he's like, I just wanted to apologize. Like, no, Michael, you are a manipulative little shit. You just oh wanted to God. get back at this guy. I'm going to go through this fast because I assume most people listening haven't seen the show. Yeah. Or maybe they have. I don't know. At this point, Amanda's also threatening to evict Jake because he got her father arrested. I don't <gasps> remember that storyline at all. But, but her father's like really rich. Yeah. So he probably did something. And he's like, Amanda, like in his Jake. suit. Jake was hot. Jake was hot. Um, Sydney at this point has entered the series and Sydney is Jane's little sister and she's one of my favorite characters. The best. She is this naughty little redhead who's always stirring up shit and she's wanted to fuck Jane's ex-husband Michael since she was a teenager. When Sydney came on, I was like so red hair pride. Yeah. (laughs) Because she was such a little like evil, manipulative. Melrose Place had two hot redheads. Yeah. No, Kimberly like, and Sydney. But I never liked Kimberly. I liked Sydney. You didn't like Kimberly? I mean, I like her as a character because she's so dramatic, but I never was like, I no. liked Sydney. Like, yeah, me too. Yeah. I thought I was like, some Sydney was Kid- someone. Kimberly is an amazing character, oh, but yeah. I just don't like her. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Sydney's yeah. someone I could be friends with. Oh, totally. She's, She's fun. Fun. <laughs> Sydney is working as an escort in this point. Oh. She's a she's a server at Shooters, but she's also an escort. Shooters. <laughs> I forgot shooters, about shooters. shooters is like the peach pit, and this place is a fucking dump. And they're always worried about Shooters going under throughout the show. Does who owns Shooters? I don't know, but I think Jake bought it at one point. Yeah, didn't he buy it? And then there was like a fire there. Maybe that sounds familiar. I'm just trying to remember what Shooters looked like. The, does it have peanuts on the floor? <laughs> yes, it was. A, this Shooters was a fucking dump, and okay. they all hung out there. And we're in Los Angeles, and they're hanging out at fucking Shooters. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Makes no sense. Uh, so Sydney, there's this like whole storyline with Sydney about how she's an escort for this like 
Hollywood madam uh-huh. named Lauren who's really hot. And honestly, she was a really nice madam. Like sure. she gave Sydney free Coke all the time. <laughs> she supplied her with Coke anytime she wanted. No questions asked. Nice. Sydney didn't even have to ask for it. She's like, here you go, sweetie, for, yeah. for tonight if you need some. She paid her well. Sydney is not cut out to be a sex worker, though, and she can't handle it. So the episode, uh, her storyline in this episode ends with her going to church and confessing um, to the guy who's, what's he called? The priest. The father. (laughs) The father. (laughs) Daddy, I've sinned. That's what she says. (laughs) She's like, I'm a prostitute. (laughs) I'm a prostitute and I do coke sometimes. Oh and my then God. Um, the father says something like, oh, say this prayer. Now you're cured. Yeah, now <laughs> it's better. But the madam is super cool about it when Sydney quits later in the I episode. I love a one episode escort arc. <laughs> like you're in and out in a day. <laughs> um, this episode's also bullshit because it ends with this really corny, tearful goodbye at the airport between Matt and Nikki. I guess they decided to stop paying Mara Wilson like she had hurt or she got hired on Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know. <laughs> like her, 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 her arc, her character arc was done in at the end of this episode. Okay. She goes back to Russia without her mom. Her mom's already there. Her mom like, oh, got deported. I think okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the details, but her mom's not in America at this point. Look, you so guys, they were like, maybe we'll have Matt with a kid, and then like an episode later, like, no, let's just get the kid away. This ep- this arc isn't working either for Matt. Well, because at this point, everyone else in the show they're having these insane dramatic things happen to them. They're all in crazy relationships. Yeah, and Matt has nothing. Matt has nothing until he meets this guy who's like a marine, and the marines is this great guy, except he's in the closet. Oh, so right. that's his one dramatic relationship. And story that's line. not even that like. Like, there's not really much to do there. It's like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's an interesting storyline, but like... But they both love each other. There's yeah. no conflict between them. He needed and, to have a bad relationship like everyone yeah, else. Like, I, why not? Matt never got to have uh, throwing his lover in the pool. He never got to have any kind of vase hurling at a door. That's very interesting. It's almost like they didn't want to go there or they were afraid to make a bad Example. relationship or something. Right. But it's like, no, everyone can have bad and good. Well, why couldn't they show two men kissing on TV? That's, yeah, that's a different thing. That I know, but that's what I take umbrage with. Like everyone and, else is having these steamy makeout sessions and poor Matt just has to hug his partner. And kiss him on the uh, head. They, not even. <laughs> there was no, they would just have this hug. And Rub, this, like put his hand on his uh, shoulder. There was no sensuality. There was no sexiness. It was just like, we're having a friendly hug. Yeah, and that's why I feel like Matt had zero sex appeal too. Right. Cuz they he was like neutered or something sexually. They neutered like, the poor yeah. man. Um so yeah, the Melrose Place great show, very boring episode of this series because it was the Christmas episode, but still pretty good. Yeah. All right, what else can I be a hater about? Boy Meets World, season 4. I love Boy Meets World. Everyone who listens to the show knows how much I love Boy Meets World. It's a show for kids and young teens that still holds up today, in my opinion. And this is a season four episode titled Easy Street. It's a Christmas episode. And the premise of this is that Corey gets a job as an errand boy at this local Italian restaurant and little does he know that it's a mob-run Italian restaurant. Wow. And Sean's like, you know those guys are like 
in the mob, right? And Corey's like, what? And he basically quits on the spot. And the two mob boss guys, uh, Soupy Sales is one of them. And the other one. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Soupy Sales? <laughs> he plays like Mr. Martini. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> like I haven't even gotten past the Italian restaurant is owned by mob people. <laughs> The Italian slander is already. <laughs> They're in the mob. Then you tell me the mob boss is Soupy Sale. That's just disrespectful. <laughs> and, and he says, "Oh, it's a shame you'll be you'll be quitting. You make a really good cappuccino, kid." Ugh. I like how they're like Google Italian foods, <laughs> cappuccino. <laughs> There's no conflict at all. They just let him quit, and Sean's like, "Oh, this doesn't seem so bad." So Sean like goes in his place. Sean takes the job after oh. Corey, and Corey is very anti-working for the mob for the rest of the episode. <laughs> He's like, "Sean, I can't believe you would take this job. What issues did they not take on?" <laughs> This is a very special episode about working for the mob. (laughs) It happens to all children. You think you're working in a pizza place? (laughs) (laughs) Papa Vito's? I don't think so. (laughs) More like Don Papa Vito's. (laughs) So Corey is like very scoldy at Sean and Sean's like, I'm tired of being a blue collar kid that lives in a trailer. He gives that speech again. Is that writer strong? Yes. Sean? So beautiful. Very hot guy. Very hot man. Even as a teenager, I was like, this is the most beautiful man I've ever seen in my life. I saw him at a storytelling show. (gasps) Like, like while he was, when he was an adult. He's still hot. He's so hot. I was like, who is that? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, that's from Boy Meets World. I was like, I need to watch that show. (laughs) So then now Sean is the errand boy and Corey is very worried about him. And Sean goes over to Corey's house and he's like, I got you a present for Christmas. And it's like this watch. Ooh, fell off a truck. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I'm making money now so I can buy you this nice Christmas present. Because Sean comes from a poor family. He doesn't have money and all he wanted was this winter break job to buy his best friend Corey a nice present for Christmas for once. That's so sweet. They have the most beautiful friendship on this show. Like, they really do love each other and yeah. care about each other. And Sean buys him this watch, and Corey's like, I can't accept this because I know where the money came from. And Sean's like, I had it engraved. Just take the fucking watch. I mean, Corey needs to fucking calm down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, these mob bosses seem like really chill. It's soupy sales. <laughs> Um, then Corey's like, okay, we'll just make sure you're here for Christmas Eve, like at the house. Cause I think Sean might be living at Mr. Turner's house, the teachers. Right. Like his dad is like in jail or something. Okay. I don't remember where the dad went. Um, but Sean has one last errand to complete on Christmas Eve that he, the mob bosses insist he needs to complete. Hmm. So they give him a box. We don't know what's in the box. I guess it's supposed to be drugs. Okay. Because he's like, don't, they're like, don't open it. Like, whatever. It's a a special agabagool. (laughs) (laughs) 
And they're like, we just need you to take this box down to the warehouse. It's going to look really suspicious and not like a normal thing you do. <laughs> but don't say anything. We need you to drop it off of the warehouse. It's snowing, by the way. So we cut to Sean and he's standing outside this warehouse and it looks like it's freezing and there's like little soap flake snowflakes coming it. down on, on him because yeah. they're on a set. Uh, and and Sean's holding this cardboard box, and Corey strolls up. How did he know where he was? What the hell is Corey doing there? Corey's like, what are you doing? Corey gives him the like concerned best friend talk. He's like, what are you doing? What's in the box? And Sean's like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't ask. I'm not going to open it. Like I'm yeah. just doing my job. I feel like very upset by Corey being there. <laughs> Corey was. Like, why is he there? They needed to explain that. It makes no sense how, like, it makes no sense how Corey even found out the location. I just feel like Corey, they had to do one sentence here. Like, hey, I asked your bosses where you were going. I followed you. Like, I need some explanation. I needed an explanation that how he got there, how he found him outside this random warehouse in the middle of the night. They just were like, fuck it, in the writer's room. They're like, the kids won't ask (laughs) questions. (laughs) (laughs) So... It basically ends, they have a heart-to-heart, and Corey's like, I think you should take the box back and tell them you can't deliver it. And it's like, you can't take it back at that point. You're already there. Right. (laughs) Seriously. They go, and they take it back, and that's (gasps) the end of the episode. Wouldn't the mob bosses be, like, mad? Yeah, wouldn't they be like... Because they were like, this is urgent. Right. Okay. They didn't handle this as well as the cult one. No. The (laughs) cult... Cult fiction episode is very good. They wrapped that one up nicely. They did. Yeah. This is such a, I love that this was an episode idea. Hey, you guys, here's a pitch. Corey gets a job, but it's working for a mob Italian restaurant. (laughs) 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 Like you, someone in the room said that. And then other people were like, Ooh, that's interesting. (laughs) Where are we going with this? Oh, and soupy sales is available. (laughs) (laughs) They always got like, people like to be in these random bit parts on this show i mean soupy sales there's literally no role he would that's not true. take that's he's true. in it he's like in every sitcom for the last 40 years he's a sitcom <laughs> hoe he's just in everything yeah uh soupy sales is he he must have died by now he must have uh that name it's awful it's so diarrhea to me it's so diarrhea i always thought that as a kid i was like soupy sales it just sounds like a a, a, a load in a, in a okay. pair of shorts you know what, <laughs> I made a promise to myself and to our listeners, this would be the one episode because it's the fucking holiday season. This would be the one episode where we didn't mention diarrhea and you blew it. I didn't, you didn't tell me the rule. You just assumed I wouldn't mention (laughs) diarrhea. I don't know why. What kind of name is soupy sales anyway? Like where did that come from? He's a comedian. Do you know what? Don't at reply me. I'll do my own research. Yeah. Don't tell us. Milton Second Su- thought. Oh, Milton Supman. That's his real name. Oh. Supman. Sup? It's spelled S-U-P, man. Oh, okay. Is he Italian? <laughs> Let's see. Early life. Early life. He's Jewish. I mean, I figured he was Jewish. Yeah, he's Jewish. So a lot of Jews get cast as uh, Italians it's, and vice versa. It's a respectful thing to do. Yeah. If you're not going to cast a Jewish person for a Jewish role... Somebody tweeted this, and I forget who, but they said in the tweet, if you're not going to cast a Jewish person in a Jewish role, be respectful and cast an Italian. Yeah. <laughs> and I would assume it's vice versa. If you, I think so. For, I think an Italian role would, if they're not going to cast an Italian, they would at least be respectful, cast a Jewish person. Yeah, I think so. I think it works. It works. Okay. 
Our last episode of the holiday season variety is from one of my favorite shows, and that is House. Ooh. House season three had an episode called Merry Little Christmas, and it is anything but a Merry Little Christmas at the Princeton Plainsboro Hospital in New Jersey. Okay. Basically, at this point, House is like under pressure to go to rehab, like really, like he's going to lose his fucking job because he like almost killed a child, (gasps) I guess. Um, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I guess you could fire someone for that. (laughs) But like the the guy... (laughs) But like Cuddy, Dr. Cuddy is uh-huh. like ordering him to go to rehab and he's like, no, I'm not going to fucking rehab where I'm not going to be able to be on Vicodin. Does House ever go to rehab during yes, the series? Yes, he does There's go like to rehab. One, yeah. Well, he also goes to the insane asylum. Right. I mean, he's pretty much addicted the whole series though. Like, yes. I mean, he goes off, I do remember, but it's not good. No, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. He's hooked on it the whole time. So... Cuddy is then like, fine, well, then if you're not going to go to rehab, I'm going to cut off your Vicodin prescription. Ooh. And House is like, fuck you. I'm going to write a fake prescription for a dead guy and take it to the pharmacy. Yeah. And he does it. And he does it on his best friend slash coworker, Dr. Wilson's mm-hmm. pad. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have any qualms about doing something no. like that. No. <laughs> he breaks all kinds of laws. He does something that has always made me, like, even as a kid, think, like, that's so, like, cool. When people just um, crunch pills in their mouth. Oh, yeah. Water. <laughs> yeah. Like, even as a kid, I was like, that's a wild person. <laughs> they just fucking put aspirin or whatever in their mouth and just fucking chew it. If I don't have the exact right amount of water, I will feel that pill lodged in my throat for three days straight. Oh, yeah. I am so delicate. No. I, so I've just always been fascinated when someone does that, just chews a fucking pill. Well, that's like, why I always crushed my pills and snorted them. <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah. Not now. I don't do that. That's right. not sober behavior. Right. But anytime there was a pill, I'd much rather snorted it. Oh. Okay, not enough about my addiction. <laughs> Let's talk about House. At the end of this episode, it ends on Christmas Eve with House overdosing in a pile of pills and alcohol. Vomit and pills. Vomit oh, from pills and alcohol. That's a good Christmas episode. <laughs> I just thought this is a very good Christmas episode because you know what? Sometimes that does happen on Christmas. It's, it's one of those holidays where people can get fucked up. Or want to, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm glad House had a good Christmas episode because they're definitely not going to go the sentimental route. No. Like this is not going to end with House seeing a guy who looks like Santa come into the operation room or something like that. Right. <laughs> they, they did do a fake out one of those one year for Christmas where they had this nun who needed to be treated and she thought she had stigmata. Oh. And House was like dunking on her the whole time, of yeah. course. Like you don't have stigmata. And like, Weird things happen, but it ends totally grounded in reality. Of course. Where obviously there's a scientific scientific explanation for it. I could picture also an episode where he has to like diagnose someone who was like a mall Santa. Oh. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Christmas themed, but it's still in line with what a typical house right. episode would be. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's good. I miss house. He's so hot. 
He's so hot. It was such a great show. Hey, we're back to tell you about a few more things exclusive to AMC Plus that we think you'll love, including the next true crime series you'll obsess over, Dez, starring Doctor Who's David Tennant as real-life serial killer Dennis Nilsson. Want to get lost in an addictive, bingeable drama? Check out Riviera, a Sundance Now original starring Julia Stiles. Catch up on season one and season two of the sun-soaked thriller and don't miss season three which is now streaming if you're looking for something that metro calls more than a touch tarantino watch the new powerful drama gangs of london amc plus is on all your devices ad free and on demand Watch new series, episodes, movies, and fresh content anytime, anywhere. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Sign up today at amcplus.com. That's amcplus.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates, go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. We have some great listener emails this week. No diarrhea stories. <laughs> Not that we don't love them, but I have to give our listeners a break sometimes. Of course. This email 
title intrigued me because it said the elite crunch wrap supreme. Ooh. And I said, I love crunch wraps. <laughs> This is from Rosie. She says, Hello, Queens. First of all, I'm obsessed with your show. I listen to it at work. And on more than one occasion, I've concerned my coworkers because I'm laughing my ass off. I forget what episode I was listening to, but it was an old one. And Rachel was talking about how much she loves Taco Bell's Crunchwrap Supreme. While I agree that the Crunchwrap is the holy grail of fast food Mexican dishes, the Moe's Taco Stack reigns supreme. Not sure if either of you have been to Moe's. I think there's one location in California, but in Pennsylvania, it's one of the major Mexican fast food spots. A taco stack is very similar structure to a crunch wrap, but you can put on any meat like ground beef, steak, chicken, and even bacon. The best part is they put amazing queso in it, which just makes it 100 times better. I'm not sure when either of you will travel somewhere where there's a Moe's, but as a fellow fast food connoisseur, I felt like it was my duty to spread this information. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Stay healthy and safe. Rosie, I already looked up the locations. <laughs> first, I, first, I looked up the one, po- the one California location, and it's in a location I will never go to. So I looked up the next state over, which is Nevada, because I will be going to Nevada after the pandemic is over and we're all vaccinated and shit. They have one at the Vegas airport. They do? Yes. Oh, my God. So when Desi and I fly to Vegas... <laughs> This email is from William, and he says, Hello, I'm new to your podcast, and I'm binging it daily for good laugh. It really helps with my stress and anxiety. I was listening to Toys in Shameland. That's one of our mini episodes (laughs) from a while back. And I believe it was Rachel that said her Barbies had sex with each other and Ken was not allowed. Yes, William, that's true. (laughs) All my Barbies were lesbians. They did not fuck with Ken. I laughed so hard because I did the exact opposite. I have had two Ken dolls that would have sex with each other, and I would have them carry on this illicit affair behind (gasps) Barbie's back. Until one day, Barbie came home from work early and saw the two Kens in the bedroom going full-on Brokeback Mountain, leading to Barbie's mental collapse. (gasps) I had her taken away to Barbie's mental asylum. This is what happened to Judy Garland. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Shaved her head, wrapped her in white (gasps) cloth, and put her in a padded tissue box that was her cell. While that gay bastard Ken was able to live his life with his boy toy. It's funny how I would tell this story to my mother when she found Barbie days later with no question, but was shocked when she found out I was gay. (laughs) Mom, mom. It's not just the fact that your two Kens were fucking. Right, it's, it's that, the whole thing. It's the whole storyline. William, this William, made me laugh. so funny. This made me laugh so hard when I read this. It's, it's perfect. Uh, so thanks for writing in. Here is an email called A Fun Dick Story, and Ooh. it's from Elaine. Dear Desi and Rachel, I thought you might enjoy my dick story. <laughs> we story w- of our lives. <laughs> When do we, you know what? There's very few times we haven't enjoyed a dick story. Anyway, I was in, I was a home ec teacher and back, and back in the eighties, we taught sex education as part of a family life class. My coworker, I'll call her Jane. And I decided to put our classes together and bring in the county health educator nurse who would tell students everything they needed to know about STDs and contraceptives. Before the nurse came, we warned our students that 
Everyone had to be mature and use the proper terms. No pussy or dick. (laughs) And no one was allowed to laugh. If anyone laughed, they would be removed from the class and wouldn't get to hear the juicy stuff. Anyway, the nurse arrived and promptly set up her visual aids in front of the class. Birth control pills, several IUDs, a diaphragm, a plastic model of the female anatomy, all came out of the tote bag. And finally, what the hell? A life-size model of a fully erect penis. (laughs) Yep, there it was. A life-size flesh-toned erect penis. A large one, I might add. Pointed at us, complete with pale blue veins and a slit at the tip. All it it needed was a cum drop and a patch of pubes to make (gasps) it complete. But nonetheless, there it sat on the table. Jane and I started laughing so hard we had to leave the room, leaving our students oh with the nurse. And we could not calm down. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life because no one was supposed to laugh. And yet here was a dick sitting on the table in front of us. Jane and I had to stand at the back of the room and try not to look at each other. We had to put Kleenex in front of our faces because we couldn't wipe the laughs <laughs> off our face. Oh my god, that's the worst feeling when you can't stop yeah, laughing and it gets worse. Yeah, well, the more you keep laughing. It's like at that point, it's like not even the thing that's funny. No, it's just like you can't, you can't even, even stop. <laughs> I know that feeling so well. Yeah, because it's always me getting yeah. in trouble. <laughs> Next. The nurse proceeded to show the kids how to properly use a condom, rolling that damn thing gently down the shaft with her fingers and even leaving the required reservoir at the tip. We had to leave the room again because it was so hysterical and we missed most of the rest of the presentation. The story spread throughout the entire faculty. And remember, back then we didn't even have cell phones. Everyone made jokes about it and laughed. And I still laugh to this day. The ninth and 10th graders who listened to the nurse never cracked so much as a grin. Ugh, how? How? How would you not? I would be laughing my ass I off. I mean, she probably does it all the time. No, so the she- ninth and 10th graders. Oh, oh, I thought you meant the nurse who was doing it. Well, the nurse didn't laugh, yeah. but the ninth and 10th graders... They weren't laughing. They were like very mature about it. That's so weird. And Jane and Elaine, meanwhile... I mean, you'd think they'd at least be like, what the hell are they laughing at? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I would have laughed at them. At the, t- at the teachers, teachers laughing? Yeah. It's so funny. This, she, when she told something early on in the story, it reminded me of sometimes where I'll Google um, pussy or dick, but I'm trying to be scientific. And I'm yeah. like, why isn't anything coming up? And I'm like, oh, I have to say pig penis. Because <laughs> I'll be like, dick. <laughs> something like scientific. Dick disease. I just say pussy or something. Like, And it's just like, oh, I have to do a vagina. Like, like, a, oh. like, a, like a nerd. <laughs> It is so, it's such a funny That's story. That's really funny. Well, I'm like, oh, this is us if we had to teach together. I would have not survived. I wouldn't have either. There's just no way. I would have, the dick especially, I agree. That's the funny thing. Because why is it so big and hard? Right. <laughs> why does it have veins? Also, to see some, like, you can just picture the nurse putting the condom on yeah. very sterilely, yeah. like, <laughs> and you'd leave the reservoir. Like, right. <laughs> just like. Well, I remember we were shown how to put a condom on, but it was like a wooden, it was just like a wooden thing, like a dildo right. looking thing. Not like a real It wasn't lifelike. Thing. It yeah. wasn't it's lifelike. It's like the veins and the slit. Yeah. We need all that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they like just went to a sex shop and bought like a fucking dildo that suctions onto a tabletop that's or what something. It sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like a sex shop oh, dildo. Oh my God. That's really funny. 
So that's all my listener emails. Oh, those are good ones. Like yeah. a nice little variety. Uh, we did get another email. It is for it is from Tammy, and her best friend is named Elise. Her birthday was on December twenty second. They live, according to her, oceans apart. Aww. One is in London, one is in Texas, and her dream, or she says, when it's safe to travel, not her dream. Sorry, <laughs> it's your dream that they can be together and listen to our show together. Aww. Isn't that so sweet? So happy birthday, Elise! I think Elise is in London. Yes, yeah. she's in London. Oh, wait. No, I'm in London. She's in Texas. Elise is in Texas. Now I was almost like, hey, girl. (laughs) So happy birthday, Elise. Happy birthday, Elise. From your friend Tammy and from us. That's all. (laughs) Tell us what you ate. Um, well, I had more no, at least tell us what you oh, ate. Oh yeah. Sorry. God, Desi. <laughs> yeah. Send us, send us pictures if you ate anything good. <gasps> Desi. Oh, I can't what wait. did I eat? I can't wait to talk Let about what talk I ate. talk about my vegetables. Um, yeah. So do we want to talk about what I ate or you ate? Let's talk about what you ate. I didn't have anything interesting. Uh, do we have it? No, I'm going to have some food tomorrow. I'm going to have mac and cheese. That's what I want. Ooh. I decided that I, I don't want meat. Normally on Christmas I might make like roast beef or something, but you've but had I, a lot. All of I eat is meat and fucking vegetables, so I want some pasta. Right. So I'm gonna make mac and cheese and some cookies uh, tomorrow. So that will be very exciting for me. This week, did I have anything good? No, but someone sent me a box from uh, Zingerman's. What's that? Zingerman's is like a like a famous uh, deli that has like a mail order. <laughs> so it was like this huge box of like fucking sourdough loaf, coffee cake, Ooh. <laughs> like brownies with dolce de leche, like a good cheddar cheese. It, it just had like all this stuff in it. So I was like, oh, like I can't eat it. Are you going to binge it tomorrow? I might have some of the bread because uh, I have some Mount Tam cheese for tomorrow <gasps> too. That's what I was really craving. I was like, I want dairy and I want car like pasta yeah so that's what i'm gonna have tomorrow so i'm really looking forward to it i'll probably get stuffed after like four bites right (laughs) that's my prediction and then yeah i don't think i had anything else interesting this week did you no i had nothing interesting this week but i am going to bake a pie tomorrow i'm going to teach brendan how to make marshmallow from scratch because we are making s'more pie yeah, and it's going to be, be delicious. So uh, I'm going to make a marshmallow meringue mm. for the topping. The kitchen's going to be a disaster. I can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be good. But it's going to be so tasty. And that's what we're. That's our little Christmas project tomorrow. Are you guys cooking food? No, we're going to order takeout. Oh, you. Oh, this was the bummer. I was going to get Chinese food, but the two places are closed tomorrow. I, I better check to make sure the place I was going to order from isn't closed. I was like shocked. We're just going to order takeout from wherever we can get takeout tomorrow because I don't want to cook, bake pie, and and this is a very labor intensive pie. No, I didn't want to cook either because we, we both cooked for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I was just exhausted. It's it was, but mac yeah. and cheese is pretty easy. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm going to make this pie and then we'll see what else. See what's open. I was going to order too, but disappointing. To find out both the places I wanted to order from were closed on Christmas. Yeah. I guess that's not like a thing like it used to be maybe back in the day. The Chinese restaurants being open on Christmas, like famously. (laughs) Maybe this one isn't. Maybe they're Christian. Maybe they celebrate Christmas. I think, yeah, maybe that's becoming more common. 
because uh, it seemed to be like a the the thing, like the joke, right? Almost, that, yeah. Like, that's where you would go when Traditionally, you, you burnt your turkey, and you would just go get well, Chinese that's food. The, or that's something. like the Jews go to eat Chinese food on Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we'll see what's open tomorrow. Okay, I'm like really full right now. I did. I lied. I did have some food before you got here. I had pad thai. Mm, see carbs. It was good. <laughs> I'm just like very low energy right now. I need some coffee. Okay. Then let's end it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry if you Christmas. Separate it, separate it. Celebrate it. This is a mess of an end of an episode. <laughs> this is like so sloppy. Like I'm seriously. She is fading. I'm watching her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, no, but have a good holiday yeah. tomorrow if you celebrate it. And uh, we will see you on Tuesday with the second part of Gene Martin, right? That's, that's right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Bye. Bye.